hello and welcome to the latest episode of Virtual Team Dynamics, the All Fire podcast. This week's episode is a conversation I had a couple of weeks ago with Sharon Koifman. So Sharon is a virtual teams and remote working expert. He has his own uh, recruitment business that specializes in, in identifying and hiring people into remote work uh, opportunities with various employers. Some really, really interesting insights from Sharon and uh, very, very enjoyable conversation. So I really do hope that you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed actually having it. I'm here today with Sharon Koifman. Sharon is the founder, owner of an of a organization by the name of Distant Job. So rather than me butcher a description of what Distant Job is and what Sharon's background is, I'll ask you now if you would uh, just sort of introduce yourself a bit and, you know, why, I guess, why we're talking here. As, as you mentioned, my name is Sharon Koifman. I run a company called Distant Job, and Distant Job is a very unique recruitment agency that specializes strictly with remote employees. That means we go all over the world, we solicit top premium IT specialists, we entice them with the capacity of working at home. So a lot of uh, people get very excited about this idea. And because we go to the world, we have access to a much bigger pool of talent. Now myself, I've been running businesses from my computer for literally 18 years. I, the, my, my first company was actually a web hosting company where my servers were in New Jersey. My entire support team was in India. And since then, nothing changed. I've been doing just this, sitting on my butt in front of a, in front of a computer and running things. And you're doing that now from I'm doing Montreal? that from Montreal right now. But none of my employees at this moment are actually living in Montreal. Uh, it's It's a purely distributed team people are barely living the same country so you're you are living the uh you're living what you're hiring to i'm living the life baby i'm living the life that's it <laughs> what got you interested or what got you started in doing in doing this then well it was it was actually my first company i like i said i ran a web hosting we also did, provided if if you have an office in India and you run a web hosting company and you're not providing outsourcing solutions, it just it just doesn't make sense. You you got to do some web design. You got to do some some help some added value to the clients. And this is this is what I did with the two offices in India, and I have treated those individuals. As if they were outsourced employees back back in the days, an Indian employee, a, a legitimate system administrator or developer would cost 200 to 500 USD per month. 
and and in my mind was, oh, look at them. They're so cheap. For the price of one person here in Canada, I can get like 10. Isn't this great? And this is the relationship that I had with this individuals that worked on the other side. And what the surprising thing was that not only somebody let's, that owned a candy shop would outsource and get me to design a website for them. Sometimes it was software companies that would outsource their core skills just because I was cheap labor and they felt that they had the advantage. But that kind of blew my mind that people would would outsource their core skills, their core needs to me. I After 18 years, I, I can comfortably admit that I was just a simple, cheap solution, not a, not a, a you know, just get your website up and running and doing this was not in, in my opinion that was a business sin what was done because if if people pay you to build a software or to build a website and you outsource it to a company where you have no control don't have specific communication you don't have what build your company your processes and culture you are just causing damage and the truth is in my first company I caused damage to my own web hosting clients also because I did not have this personal intimate relationship with the people. I treated them like people that commit do projects. So then after I sold it, didn't sell it in such a big success. It was not a, the, the dream exit. I realized that I want to focus on finding on not doing this outsourcing solution anymore just literally focusing on providing exceptionally talent exceptional talents and the way that you do that is you actually give away the power to the client to be the manager to be the person in control because this individual has created something beautiful the, the entire business is based on on is or er's processes or on the culture that they created i don't need to to be involved in that i'm not expert in their product what i wanted to be expert in is providing exceptional talent and talent that want to integrate as part of the processes and core values of the client and that's how distant job was born It it was about the this new mentality of finding full-time permanent people that want a job and they want to commit to that job and they want to do it from distance of the whole they want to do it and they want to do it from distance and well so so i i i wanted the client to benefit from from the back when i started let's be honest one the it was more about value it was more of a of the finding people at lower cost of living, yep. but very quickly transformed to the aspect that the world is much bigger than your region. And if you just open yourself to to finding remote people, you have access to a much bigger pool of talent and access to a much bigger pool of talent mean better people faster. Yep. But you need to know how to find those people and you need to know how to make sure that those people are the right people to to, to be those permanent employees, I guess. And, and that's Sounds like one of the skills that you built through through learning, having your own business, doing it that way in the first place. Yeah, like any like any recruitment agency, you can try to do it locally and you can be successful at it. But hiring us, you have a major advantage. 
because we were very skilled at finding exceptional talent across the world. That's still an incredible value, but the idea is that we will find better people and you still get some some serious value for it. So the, when you're finding these people then and and bringing them in and and you know before we before I pressed record on this we were chatting about things to talk about. You know some of the challenges that that a lot of organizations have and a lot of individuals have is that integration. It's bringing bringing new people in when they're even when they're coming into a co-located team if they've got to work with people at distance. But bringing in people from distance into a distant team, into a remote team, is another order of magnitude more complex potentially for for a lot of organisations. Is that something that you've? It's clearly something you've spent a lot of time thinking about. Is that something you've got uh, any particular thoughts on? Well, I so uh, particular. It's my, it's my life. Mm, <laughs> I wrote course. I wrote a book about this, so this is very much uh, uh, <laughs> what what I'm focused about. But but. I subscribe to the philosophy that that it's not so hard to get people to integrate into to get in, people integrate into your company as long as you actually treat them like real employees, right? So I believe I believe the the, the outsourcing and the offshoring the remote world has brought this entire culture of freelancers and outsource employees and contractors and consultants which trying to sell themselves equal to to employees but they're not because they all fit in mm-hmm. what I call non-committal employees right non-committal workers and just starting with that mentality that when you hire somebody remotely you need to to treat this individual and integrate this person as if they are your local employees, just that changes so much. I remember yep. I had a friend who, who who came to me and said, "Sharon, I I want to get into this into this outsourced world that you're so into." And I was like, "Dude, I, I'm I'm not an outsourcing company, but yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. But 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 you know, I want to find uh, this." I, I want I want to uh, find this individual somewhere where it's more affordable and when it's like um, you know um, and, and he asks do you have any advice how to do this is like first of all stop calling it outsourcing right the moment you stop calling the moment you just change the words change the language a little bit and say I want to hire a remote full time staff it will change your mentality already you're not going to have such a hard time and and it, and my friend disappeared for a few uh, for uh, for a few months. He just posted, and then and then he came back. He's like, Sharon, oh my god, this person is so good." And 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 so so, based on all the the advice that I give you, what it's like that not calling it outsourcing, just ha- treating this person like they're part of the team. You have that mentality. You have that expectation from that individual, and you're already gonna get so much more out of it. So treat. Treat people like, like you say, treat them like part of the team. Treat them like part of the family, whatever, whatever term. Do you know, treat, treat them with the same parity as you would every other worker that's in your business. And and also, if you hire somebody in an incredible value because the international world does give you access, the people are gives you access to people that are living in in places where the cost of living is much lower. Even if you hire somebody for a thousand, two thousand dollars a month. 
treat them like you pay them a North American salary, like a six-digit salary. Yep. If you're thinking cheap, if you're thinking outsource, contract, non-committal, that's what changes the game. Turning on a webcam and talking to somebody is no different than walking to their cubicle. It really is not. It really is all about your mentality. And we've certainly learned that in terms of turning on a webcam in the last few months, haven't we? It's uh, for those for those who've never tried it before, <laughs> people have been living it now. And um, so has the COVID situation changed the way that your business is being seen by others? Are you are you finding a lot this you know, has there been a has there been a, a a noticeable change there for you? Well, one of the big changes that I don't need to explain people about webcam. You know, I remember having just two months ago, having our first Passover uh, dinner over Zoom and all my my mother and my father learning how to use Zoom for the first time and learning how to press the mute button when they're when they're they're talking in the in the middle of the uh, Passover arrangement was was a huge learning experience. So so the fact that the old school people are in, are being introduced, nobody has any more an excuse not to use those tools. Right, is a huge advantage yep. already. You're you're coming it to to it's it's like when 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 you were first when you're First time forced to learn how to use your VCR, <laughs> right? Once you yep. get over that stage, it's so much easier to call. It's like, hey, mom, could you record me that show? It is, isn't it? It really is. And, and it, yeah, there's been a big, I've, I've got to say, I've seen a big cultural change in businesses. Companies who said, oh, no, it's not possible. We cannot possibly have one person work from home or two people work from home. Now they say, no, everybody go. Everyone work from home. Everyone work from somewhere else use all this technology, the, the change that we're starting to see come through now for in the workforce and in particularly in the management of those, you know, to those old school businesses, those old businesses where they've, they've got lots of floors in a big building and they just, everybody has to be there. It's going to be a different world in a few, it's, it's, in a few months time. It's isn't not it? Once going back. Come back. I mean, the, 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 there's a real, no. now that the big boys, now that the Google and Facebook decided to go hybrid, now that Twitter decided to go fully yep. remote, when, when yep. you are fighting over engineers, when you're fighting over talent, when your bigger, more successful competitor is offering more advantageous solutions for uh, for your engineers, and now from anywhere, you need to conform. You need to yep. you need to jump jump on board also. So at least in the tech industry, I I don't think there's a choice. You ha- you will have to move no. to at least an hybrid working environment because your bigger competitors are doing so. And now, because the remote, even you can't hide anymore. You can't say I'm middle of Ohio and I have my engineers and they're not going anywhere because they like the, where they live in, a, in the middle of a forest in a, in a nice real estate. You can't get away anymore because Twitter just said that they will hire people from anywhere. You better move along. And people can stay home. They can stay with their families. They can, as you say, they can, they can, if they want to, they can go and live in the middle of a desert, middle of, middle of a forest, as long as they've got a connection to the internet, that, that, that blue horse connection to the outside world, they can, they can work for anybody. Yeah, you know, I, I remember specifically, uh, it was seven years ago, just when I kind of started this job, I had 
an interview with a brilliant, brilliant programmer in middle of nowhere, Romania. And in in the middle, in the middle of the interview, you start hearing chickens, just sounding for, from the background, and and you start hearing more animals. And the interviewer were ask, was asking, "Where are you?" And he said, "I'm uh, I I live in a farm." <laughs> And he was a brilliant programmer, right? And that's yeah. that was his working environment. He lived yep. in a farm, and there was literally chickens uh, walking around yep. <laughs> while he was programming, and that relaxed them. So yes, this is <laughs> this will become the new yeah. world for many people. Yeah, it's a it's a global talent pool, and it's a, and it's the access to jobs, the dream jobs that people wanted, but were unable to get because of proximity because they were located in another city or another another country or whatever now those jobs are those jobs are on their doorstep and they're on the doorsteps of their employers aren't they they can they can work for anyone from anywhere you know um one one of the biggest criticism that i have to those big successful companies such as google and Facebook that, that takes so much pride in their company culture. And I, and I invest a lot in, com- in my company's culture, so I understand, but their entire thing, creating creating offices as if you're a university campus with free food and people hang out and doing a bunch of great things for their employees, but at the same time, um, uprooting people from their communities in order to bring yeah. them to this cool place and thinking that you're serving them properly i always felt that was so wrong the concept that there's employees out there that need to that that every five years need to take their kids from their schools and move to and their friends and everything and move them to another community just because this company has this weird notion that that's the only way they can create culture is in my opinion evil and I, I hope people are mm-hmm. are awakened to that and realize that they need to stop. Yeah, yeah. And as you're saying that as well, I mean, another another thought as well. Some of these people are they are the um, they will be the role models in their communities. They'd be the people who've developed those skills, who've got that marketable skill, and suddenly they mm-hmm. disappear from that community because they've got a job where yeah. they've got to go and live somewhere else. And then and people coming along next don't have those people all they've got is oh it's just the name you know so and so they were really good but they're not here anymore they've gone away the only way you can have a job in this is to go and live somewhere else on the other side of the planet it's it's very um it's very disruptive isn't it to to society as you know collectively as a a whole it's incredibly disruptive look i i i it is the silicon valley way and i i hope it stops I hope Silicon Valley will be a place where all bunch of CEOs still network and everything. But even even the the concept of that you absolutely need to live in Silicon Valley in order to get investors. What a waste of money for the investors. What a waste of money yep. for for the people that might have a brilliant idea. This entire concept of being geodependent is is no good for our economy and no good for our innovation. Yeah, because a lot of that innovation as well, it comes from comes from place. Mm-hmm. It comes from where people live and where they're based and the ability to 
to do like the Romanian guy with his chickens to, you know, to relax while you're thinking about your programming. It's like, oh, car, 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 and it's like, oh my God. <laughs> but I couldn't relax in the interview, but he was relaxed. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is embarrassing. <laughs> like, yeah. But, but the, uh, the, 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 but the um, client found it hilarious and hired him. <laughs> right. It was yeah. like, uh, okay. Okay, farm yep. boy, show me what you can do. And he was a superstar. It was really, really yep. good. You can do you can do good work from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned it really briefly, just like two seconds as you were talking earlier. You've written a book. Yes. Yes. I I, I did. I look. I spent I I spent about eighteen years in in front of a computer managing three companies, and. I, I want and I, I realized and and I was stuck. I, I made this strange decision of going to Dominican Republic literally when everything was shut down. So I came off the plane and the next day I was everything everything all over the world was shut down and I was like I felt like I was in an, an exotic island while the, the entire world is being conquered by zombies and I need to come back to the to the world of zombies. So I I, I and I have uh, a, a little baby, and I volunteered every day um, during the vacation to go and put the kid to sleep because I realized that this is the time that I need to write my book, helping people to become better remote employees and better remote managers. So I put the kid to sleep, yep. and on day two of vacation, started writing this book. And finishing it two months later, and now it's been edited and it should be out in about a month or so. End of July, early August. And that's going to be full of tips for people who are living the dream at the moment eh? and trying to work out just whether it's a dream or a nightmare. So be able to help them along the journey. Living the dream. But the key component is that you can't think in the I want to work from the beach mentality. I, I'm actually quite a conservative, I guess, for the this this. Uh, I'm an early adapter. I'm I'm really believe in remote. I push it, but I don't believe in that freelance. I do whatever I want to do, whatever I want to do, whenever. Just let me work on the beach or in the coffee shop. Let me tell you, by the way, there is nothing more distracting in a meeting than having somebody sitting in a coffee shop and, and try and you're trying to. It, you're trying to come up with with an idea so yep. so the so i am i don't subscribe to the hey let's have fun we're remote we're this no remote is a real job sit, sit on your ass yep. create the most beautiful working station in your most optimal working environment in a co-working space at home do whatever you want but it, but at the end of the day this is a serious real job this is not do whatever yeah. you want to do and anything. And and that is a big message in the book that, that the people that hire you for remote, they already feel like they're giving you a great benefit. They're not interested in the non-committal mentality. Yeah. They want, a, they, want, they want the same as they would get if they were hiring you to come and work in their building with them. They want better. All better. They want better. Yep. People, look, when... Unfortunately, and and it might change with COVID, uh, but for now, whether people, whether the bosses admit it or not, when somebody makes a decision to go remote, they, they're not excited about it because still, at the end of the day, every boss 
would I, almost every bus i i stopped caring but even when i started i it was exciting to have somebody physical in the room with me and the moment that the moment that you start deciding to go remote you want to get something out of it as a bus so you have you have two uh, three options or you want to get somebody cheaper so you want to uh, put more money in your pocket yep. or you want to get somebody uh, that that produces much much better or you want somebody who has an exceptional talent yep. number two and number three are kind of similar but there 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 is a little different there is some workhorses they're not superstar but just incredible with working remote and there are some people who are just an incredible talent but what you but as a worker what you don't want to be is in category number one yep that you're hired because you're hired because you're cheap right and this and in order to achieve number two and number three you have to you have to go in and you have to change your mentality right so that so that's so that's the thing that the benefit, the the benefit for the employer is one of those three, and you need to reflect in which category you want to be. Yep, and that that what you're describing there is exactly the same from as I got from the research that I did. You know, from from the from the the very serious. You know, laughing about the different kinds of books we've written. The very serious research that I did for my yeah, for my doctorate was same thing. Three reasons: cheap access to labor you can't get anywhere else so access to skills you can't get anywhere else or access to the volume of people that you can't get where you are and and really it's just the same isn't it it's whether it's a fully remote team or whether it's teams that are working remote as groups from one another same things to think about so one of the other things i understand or i know you're you're keen and passionate about and i think has come through quite a lot in what you've been talking about here as well is sort of the mental health side of things as well you know and that and that ability to i guess from what you've been saying you know to 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 commune with your chickens or to uh <laughs> you know, to, to 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 work from home or whatever. that's got that one is going to come round and round and round with me my friend it's going to be years now i love it well farm boy is clearly not lonely Right, so yep, you know, so I I I'm jealous of Farm Boy. He he, he figure out a great job. He figure out uh, uh, a great working environment. I, I, a nice a nice non stressful life. This is this is a beautiful thing, but it's not the reality. Hmm. And many employees, especially in COVID right now, before COVID, people that were applying to work remotely we're into it we're excited about it and now you have this introduction of people that are not so excited about it really are are strange to to this idea of working remote maybe they'll be incredibly successful in that environment but it is so weird to them because for the past two centuries work meant going to the office for the for the past 20 before 20 years ago that was not even a real option to work at 20, maybe 30. You know, be I, I, I can't believe that remote uh, the VPN technology has already existed for more than 20 years. So, but before you were able to access a cloud or your computer in office or or some kind of communication communicating tools, remote work did not even make sense. Yep. It was really really difficult. So we were programmed for two centuries to think about work 
as something that you go to the office and when you come back home you hang out with the family and friends yep and and many many and many times the office has been your source of friendship and social experience and all of that so there is so much deprogramming that needs to happen and when you are when when you're sitting when you're sitting at home for the first time when you always understood work as something you do in a four walls room that did not belong to you you have to go through a, an emotional evolution you 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 it's still very very confusing now it's also confusing for it's it's a little bit less but even for people that uh, that want to work remotely that apply for a remote job they might not know exactly what they're getting into because there is this form of isolation and not every manager understand the concept of of getting intimate with the employees so, so let me i i need to take a step back because i'm kind of in the remote world a manager needs to be a little bit of a therapist. Quite frankly, he needs to be a therapist also in a, in a local physical office. I, I actually do believe that a good manager is a good remote manager. But you get away with a lot more in a physical office than in a remote, than our remote virtual office, as I like to call it. But when you send people home, you need to check on their mental health. You need to check yep. that there, some people might love working from home, but they don't stop working because now they're sitting in front of a computer all day long and you're, you might get excited. Oh my God, the search of productivity is insane. And, but, but people get burned out or you have the vice versa. Yep. People who just don't know how to manage their time or how to deal with distractions. When they're in, where they're at home, and that cre and that and that also creates a, a form of depression, a form of uh, mental health is issues because you're not producing. You're afraid for a job. You're, you're afraid for everything. A uh, uh, successful manager needs to get intimate with their with, with his or her employees. Needs to become uh, if. I believe that it needs to become legitimate friends. Some, some, uh, some managers have a challenge with the concept of becoming friends with their employees. I truly believe you should, and you absolutely need to know the, the name of their kids. You absolutely need to know the, the, how many pets they have. You need to have regular conversations in order to be able to assess their mental health. Again, in an office environment, when when somebody gets burnt out, you can see you can see the person they, they start growing a big beard, they they start uh, um, addressing like like a jlob, like uh, like a bum. They they you you see the physicality of it. In in the in the remote world, you actually need to turn a webcam. You actually need to check often on the people because, well, you know, they're putting the suit for the one time a month that you're talking to them. That's why you need to talk to them oh, at least once every two days. Yep. Yep. Right. And 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 talk about fun stuff. And that's that's the only way you're going to get your employees to open up when they're burned out 
or when they're not feeling confident about their work or when they're just feeling isolated. Yeah. Mental health is the big difference yeah. from the remote, uh, uh, from the local office experience that, that people had in the past. Yeah, and that's going to be, I've got to say, I've, a lot of a lot of the conversations I've been having with people, particularly this last few months, that mental health challenge is going to be probably one of the biggest difficulties we're going to have to deal with, even after COVID, from a lot of people. They're going to they're going to be. It's also tough times. Yeah. it's tough times. Yeah. And and you know, and I have to tell you, as as the remote guy, that that the idea of working remote doesn't change anything in my mind so much has changed my my kids being at home without without any help was an incredibly source of stress for me in the beginning because i i i'm i'm a very proactive dad and i don't want my kids to run around without any stimulation i don't want my kids to sit in front of a screen all day the concept of my kid so for a few days in the beginning, my kid, I, I gave an iPad because I was overwhelmed and my wife also runs a business and, and I, I gave an iPad and my kid was sitting there for six hours and I said, I can't do this. So, and, and next thing you know, my employees are complaining that I'm not as available because I don't want to neglect my kids. And, and, it's, and it was just a lose-lose situation and it was a major source of stress. Hmm. Even for me, I, I, I have... I have one or two employees that, that are having some of these challenges without the financial means that, that I have. And so it's still a source of stress. So, so the COVID remote is not the regular remote. It's not. It is not. It's it's extreme remote, isn't it? It's it's it's, it's extreme remote, yeah. dude. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the worst. The worst. It's the worst of everything. You're you're working from home. You're you're you're. Your wife, your husband, your sometimes your grown-up kids are all working in the same house as you. They're all trying to get onto bits and pieces. They're all trying to work. You've got kids. You're trying to look after potentially older parents, extended family who've got different demands again. Yeah, and as you said, you know, you, you you're worrying that your job may not be there tomorrow or next week. Yeah, you don't. You and all of your coworkers are stressed out as well. So you're not having the same sorts of relaxing conversations you would normally have. It's, it is a, it is a difficult, difficult confronting situation for so, so, so many people. And I've got to say, I think a lot of people are, what would the right word be? Maybe hiding isn't the right word, but I think a lot of people, a lot of people are in denial over just how difficult it's being for them, for their employees and for their organizations. And this sort of, you know, they're not really sure quite what we're going to see in a few weeks because the bosses are stressed also yeah right the, the the bosses are are freaking out about the it's so much unknown for them and i again it's it's also it's it's not such a big difference to turn on a webcam then go to the next cubicle but a lot of managers are getting a wake up call that they might have not been such good managers mm. and and this is just this is a scary message. <laughs> oh yeah. For 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 many people, but you you can fix this. You can easily you you can easily make this experience a positive experience by by doing what you have not done in the past, getting intimate with your employees, 
understanding what they're all about. I mean, a lot of local offices are very distant. We were talking about social distance, but for the longest time, office environment was emotionally distant. Yes. Right. I, <laughs> so there was no problem with social distancing, quite frankly, because you you don't really want to hang out with the people, the, the people that you work with. But a manager wants and needs to understand is employees on a more intimate level because it is the only way he or she will find out how their employees are really doing and build that trust. Yeah, and it's the only way their business will be sustainable as well. Yeah. Uh, at the human level, you hope that their primary concern is the well-being of their people. But at a commercial and business level, yeah, they've got a business to run, they've got an office to run, they've got work to deliver, they've got projects to get out the door, whatever it's going to be. Because they've all got bills to pay, and they've got it. Yeah, it's there's there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of interesting points coming out of this conversation, my friend. They really are. Look, the important a, a lot of owners of businesses and managers are not very preoccupied with emotional aspect. They care about yep. the bottom line. But here's the new message. Empathy equals bottom line. Empathy equals profit. In this remote world, if you are not caring, you're go that's going to hurt yep. your bottom line. Start caring. So start caring. The the book, uh, is it called Asshole Free? Or, uh, the, 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 it was a book that written about running a non-asshole company, and it was showing how much damage assholes make in their physical company, the cost of employees' turnover, the, the cost of employees getting demotivated and demoralized by, by asshole bosses, which get away with it because they're probably brilliant bosses that, that can do everything themselves and the other people need the job. Like Steve Jobs yep. was a famous yep. asshole, <laughs> right? He was, and, and he got away with it because, yes, he was that brilliant and people wanted to work for a brilliant person. But now you need to ask yourself, are you Steve Jobs? If you're not, think think about think about twice about running a company like that. And in remote world, even Steve Jobs would have possibly failed. Oh yeah. Right? Because because this is there's no more room for this crazy nonsense in the remote world. You got to have empathy. Yeah. You gotta care. And you're gonna have people they're going to produce so much more than they ever produce in a physical office. In a physical office, by the way, the research shows that in an eight-hour shift, you only produce about two hours and 53 minutes of actual work. Yep. And when you're providing somebody the optimal working environment, wherever they want, maybe they like music, maybe they don't like music. If you, you, you want to motivate your people, send them things. Get them cool desk stereo. Get them, inspire them. Get them a stand-up desk and a treadmill if they want to get in shape. There is a way to inspire and to feel loved by by a manager, even in a remote environment. You just you, you got to take the money that you're saving in electricity and all the costs that that are in your office, which is massive, oh, huge, and and trans transfer transfer it. To the experience, transfer it to to the world of remote, which means you you spend money on it could be anywhere from two hundred bucks to get 
the best headset out there to to a full working station, a dream working station, because now you're not embarrassed. You know, it's embarrassing to have a stand up desk in an office and a treadmill or or a cool stereo chair. A lot of gamers love those crazy chairs, but but that you wouldn't want to get in an office because it's weird here. You can get the coolest, weirdest thing for them. Just that is going to make them feel loved and motivated. And they'll say, oh, my God, my company is really investing in me. And, and you're going to gonna have people with higher morale and more motivated to produce for you so much more. So caring equals profits. Yep. That is an important message. Yep. That is an awesome message. And I'm conscious of time. I don't want to impose too much on you. So maybe we'll close off at that one. Caring is profits. <laughs> Absolutely is profits. lovely. Yes. Beautiful, my friend. (laughs) It has been a fascinating conversation, Sharon. I really have enjoyed meeting you and talking with you on this, and um, we definitely need to keep in touch. Um, Do you have a title for your book yet? So um, we're we're balancing between two titles. Uh, One of them is How to Quarantine Well. Yep. And uh, the second one is with a boring one, which is a remote guide to remote management and remote work. Okay. So we'll we'll wait and see whichever one it is. When as and when yes. as and when the title is locked in. Yes. I will I'll add it to the details around the podcast episode and uh, people will be able to go and find it and hear more words of wisdom from you. But uh, but look, in the meantime, mate, thank you so much for your time. It's been uh, it's been absolutely fascinating getting this. It's been real uh, real fun. Thank you, Francis. I appreciate it. Good. Old. No worries, mate. 